0: This is Dad, I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Seldon, and today I have one question for you. Have you ever felt overburdened as a partner or parent? More importantly, have you ever felt like it's just easier if I do it myself? In this episode, I welcome back my lovely wife and partner for another installment of our co-parenting series, exploring the concept of martyrdom and how learning to empower those around us might just be the key to a happier and healthier home. Let's dive in. Hello, wife. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Today, we're talking about empowerment, which is something that has come up in our marriage quite a many times. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that's come up with us as a couple, and then Mm -hmm. even more so with regards to our kid.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And... I cannot tell you the amount of dads I have encountered who actually desperately want to be involved, but do not feel a space for them. And I know that might make some mom's eyes roll hearing that because they're like, all I want is for him to be involved. But I think that there is a martyr complex and I don't know if it's global I can say in the US I've encountered it a lot with many people mm-hmm. and every relationship is different but I do see a lot of relationships where the there's no space for the dad to get involved and it it starts way at the beginning because the doctors don't communicate with the dad when you learn you're pregnant and the dad is not included in a lot of and the dad's not carrying the baby and I just talked with a group of dads at a at an event we did with our kid, and I, and I interviewed each to ask if they would carry the baby if they could, and every single one said that it's terrifying, but yes, they would have loved that opportunity. And I know it sounds like nonsense, but we don't have the choice as men. And men have gotten a lot of slack over the past few years, justifiably in many ways, but I think that the balance that's not being seen is as we allow for more room for women to have as much respect and appreciation in the workplace as they have always deserved. Mm-hmm. We also need to allow for men to have that space in the home. And it doesn't just begin with the workplace. It also begins with the moms allowing men to do things in their in own the way. Home. In the home. In the home and learn how to do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. For listeners of the podcast, they know that I took time off from work to become a stay-at-home dad for the first year of our son's life. And I remember feelings, and I discussed this in, I believe, Dad Truth episode Mm -hmm. uh, number two of the first season, where I remember feeling like when Laura came home, I needed to prove my worth because I felt all of that stay-at-home energy of... I wasn't bringing in as much as Laura was at that time because I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad and be there during that first year. But when she came home, I needed her to know how much I had accomplished. And many times I found myself in that very cliche role of being like, no, wife, that's not how we do it. This is how we do it. And I caught myself doing that. And that's when I realized, oh, no. We're not continuing this vicious cycle. Like, I need to allow you the space to learn how to do it your way. Or else we're going to have this very unbalanced relationship with our son that neither of us wants. Mm-hmm. Because I had to learn that I did things during that year that I thought were well thought out and they were the way they 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 should be done, you know, and they worked with our son. But that, that wasn't your way. And you actually taught me a lot of new ways of doing things because I gave you a chance to come in and learn your way. And it just opened up and made it a more collaborative environment. But as why it's gotten bigger, I have seen it be a problem for us as well.
1: And where do you see it being a problem?
0: I think that there is this interesting tendency, in my opinion, where I do carry some weight that's traditionally associated with moms, even though we've both kind of gone back to work at this point and we're two working parents. Mm -hmm. And I do things around the home, and I feel that when other people come around, you put on the supermom hat. Like, you need my parents to know how much you're handling. And I'm there, and I handle a lot of these things, so I could handle them easily. And I could also, if you ask for help, i am happy to do it, but you get frazzled and overwhelmed, don't ask for help and insist on, like, being the supermom. And I feel in some ways that it's almost societal.
1: Yeah. And this is not specific to one sex or the other necessarily. Like you won't let me in in the past on certain things that you're always used to handling, right? You are the person who handles things like when there's an issue with the house. So when the dryer had an issue and we had to call a dryer repairman to come out. And I said, you have a a lot going on. You have a lot of responsibilities on your shoulders right now. I'm going to handle this. So I handled it. I called several companies. I got quotes. I got someone to come out. The guy comes out. And then as the guys here working on the dryer, you say, it's okay. Go back to work. I got this. Like, I felt like you boxed me out of that.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. I did do that. I didn't realize it till this moment. You've never mentioned that before.
1: Because I didn't really care. I was like, what do I need to sit around with a dryer repairman? I have work to do.
0: Yeah, that is excessively valid. Yeah, I guess I just fell into like a gender role there where I just felt like I was I was happy in, in having you take on the burden of being like, you find the repairman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then I didn't let you finish the task.
1: Why did I do that? I don't know, it would've been good practice for me.
0: It would have. Truthfully,
1: because it's not something I normally handle. Um, And the truth is, partially, I I know why you did it. Because we handle things differently. They would've said, here's the problem, pay this amount and it will be okay. And I would've said, okay. And you would've said, let me think about it, let me better understand what I'm actually paying for with this and you wanna talk it through and you wanna understand what you're purchasing And why it needs to be done. And it's just the way that we think differently. And I know that you wanted to be there for the conversation.
0: I think you're right. I don't know that that justifies the fact that I didn't give you the chance to try or...
1: Well, the truth is I wouldn't have tried to think like you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had the conversation with this person in the way that you would have. And I think you you would have felt more comfortable with me handling this situation if I would have asked the questions that you ask and if I would have been very diligent about everything this person was doing.
0: So what you just did somewhat brilliantly is I think you just epitomized the whole issue with this in families. We did a great job at at it um, after the first year when I realized my fault Mm -hmm. in in not empowering you and giving you the space to learn how to do things your own way. But we've fallen back into it in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I think you just justified exactly why. I think a lot of stay-at-home parents around the world, or even moms who are a little more actively involved in the home, feel like it will just be easier if I do it. I know how to do it.
1: Yes, all the time. In fact, at preschool, last week we did preschool conferences. And our son's teacher said, one thing that he could work on is, you know, he... He's so great in so many ways. He's very independent. He never wants to put his shoes on by himself. He doesn't even attempt to do it. And I know why he doesn't attempt to do it. Because I do it every single day for him. And I do it because it takes too long if he were to try and do it himself. Okay, so... And I'm not saying that's okay. Right. But
0: that's the reasoning. I think that's fascinating because I think we just hit on uh, not only the problem, but the answer... But we both know that that's not the best way to handle it.
1: No, because then, like, at some point, he's going to be able to put his shoes on completely by himself, and I'm going to still be doing it when he's seven years old.
0: Right. No. Exactly. And at some point, you know, what if I'm not here and you need to talk to the repairman? Or or? But we've talked a lot. The kitchen is a big thing for us because uh, I, Laura get can get overwhelmed with things. Mm-hmm. I tend to get, um, the more on my plate, the more, the better I do. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I like having more things on my plate. It doesn't overwhelm me. It invigorates me. So I know that I handle a lot of things, but I don't touch the kitchen. And at times, you get overwhelmed and say you have too much on your plate. And I get irritated because I say, all you have to do is ask me. Like, ask me for help, and right. I will help. Right. And our relationship is different than a lot of homes because I know you don't necessarily correct me if i'm wrong i sure. feel like a lot of other moms where it's like it's just easier if i do it you may feel that way with wyatt at times sure. you don't necessarily feel that way with me
1: no i mean i feel that way at work too i don't want to hand things off at work because it's easier if i do it when i should hand it off
0: so i think this is a common thing we can all understand no matter how it right um it comes to play in our homes but the question is what's better in the long run and for me i felt like i need to be you you cater to me in such a way in the kitchen where it's like old school 50s yeah you know like how to make dinner's like, ready. toast right and and it's the one area where i am just completely inadequate and i and you say dinner is ready and i you know <laughs> I'm supposed to come down and and so i've asked you during quarantine in particular i started baking and that was a very empowering thing we actually did a date night where I requested that Laura kind of teach me how to do some cooking. And mind you, Laura and I are both uh, youngest kids, spoiled brats, like both had a standoff early on in our relationship where we stood in the kitchen and said, I'm not cooking. And she said, I'm not cooking. And we both kind of looked at each other and said, then we'll starve. (laughs) And Laura caved first and learned a few dishes. And you taught yourself. And then
1: more and more. And I then enjoyed it. And then it became my thing.
0: But then sometimes you say, I get so overwhelmed by the kitchen. It's so much.
1: Absolutely. And we've been home so much since March of 2020 that at this point, I mean, I I actually now, I used to love cooking. I used to like doing the dishes after I, I cooked an entire meal. If people came over, I just enjoyed that time. It was meditative to me. It was a way to slow down. I am now at a point where truthfully, I'm over it all. It's been a long year and a half. I'm good. I, I say that, and then I don't welcome you in to the kitchen. Why? Um, I think I, I, think it's like partially the thing where it's easier if I do it. I'm not the best teacher, so that's going to be harder for me. I think there's a little bit of me that doesn't want to give up the control of how things are cooked.
0: But I even say, I'll be your sous chef, boss me around, and I'll cut so you don't have to chop things.
1: Well, I'm also a bit of a loner. And so I think that's like also an area where I've traditionally had my own space. So bringing someone else into it, that's just one more time throughout the day where like I get, I get less time by myself. And so
0: for you, some of the quote, martyring tasks mm-hmm. are actually also times where you could just finally meditatively be alone.
1: Yes. And because I have so little of that, that is where I find that time. And because I'm not good at self-care, instead of just going and giving myself that time, you know, by myself, taking a bath, doing something, relaxing, it's almost like, well, I I find a way to do that where I'm also doing a task that needs to be done.
0: And is there any theory that says, what if you were to ask for help so it could be done faster, and then in the time it would have taken you, you can actually go for a run or you can actually go meditate. Mm -hmm. or You can use that extra time on something that really is just about self-care.
1: It's a great idea.
0: But in practice, it's difficult. It
1: actually kind of made me nervous when you said it because I felt like I would immediately try and then fail.
0: Well, that goes to the whole concept of empowerment, right? Like we have to allow the opportunity for Wyatt to put on his own shoes and put them on opposite and take a long time and allow that space in the morning so he gets better and better at it or else how will he ever get better and better at
1: it? and how will I ever get better and better be a more relaxed person allow you to learn how to cook like you said about the handling the you know issue with the dryer how will I ever do it if say you're not here how will you ever learn to cook if I'm not here
0: Absolutely. Right. I, I mean, there's this great analogy that I heard a while back. If you want your, your children to soar, push them off the mountain and so they can fly. Mm-hmm. I actually think that that's quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think you actually have to sew on the wings first. So like the analogy that, that what I picture in my mind is like the kids running to the cliff and you are sewing, 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 getting those wings on tight, making sure they're good. But then the second they get to the edge, you let go.
1: And the sewing is
0: putting those wings on well, and no, like getting... in, in
1: real life practice what is
0: I think that the sewing is using your words to talk someone through something to give them the skill set it's not just um my dad once gave me clips for a bike and and was like okay clip into the bike and let's go but he didn't teach me a what that meant and b how to unclip. So when the bike stopped, I was stuck in my bike and I just fell over onto my leg. And and I remember like the concept of like, you have to, I don't think it's just tough love. It's not just like, figure it out, kid, which fine. Some people might want to do that and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think you like give them the skill set, but mm-hmm. allow them mm-hmm. to do it.
1: And isn't that what parenting really is all about from a, a greater perspective too? Because the fact of the matter is by the time your child's 14 or 15, they really have a lot of independence. So you want to be sewing on those wings and giving them your values and your, your ideas and instilling you know, morals within them so that when they are 14 or 15 and have to start making some really tough decisions, those wings are on. And they're going to make better decisions.
0: And as you're doing it, they have the power to say, I think they should be Red Wings. You know, what if we make them a little pointier? You know what I mean? Like it could be collaborative. Sure. But it is something where like you are actively involved until they get to that.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, edge of the mountain. Yeah. Because I know when I got to college, I was immensely unprepared. Mm -hmm. I had been sheltered my whole life. My parents took great care of me. They were spectacular parents. I was not prepared to go off and and live in a dorm on my own. They and
1: shoved you off that cliff.
0: They just shoved me. And I did it. I am telling you right now, I survived. I did great in college. Everything worked out. So that's to say that as parents, they succeeded. Here I am, self-sufficient. But I do think there's a way to make it less anxiety-ridden for everyone involved. To make it a more enjoyable transition to empower the kids to get involved easier. Uh, We have a society that complains Mm -hmm. regularly about being overburdened. Mm -hmm. We hear it from every parent on the planet. Mm -hmm. But do we hear an immense amount of parents asking for help? And then, most importantly, allowing the space to be helped.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't ask for help in any way, shape, or form ever. I don't. And I, I recognize where that hinders me at home and work.
0: And, and I definitely have my own martyring tendencies in that I offer to help you in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I do think that in some ways, I offer to help you to avoid taking care of myself. Mm. I definitely think there is a part of me that wants to be of service to you because then I don't have to be of service to myself. So... That is my own warped version of trying to be so helpful to you.
1: Yeah.
0: That then I don't have time for my own self care. Mm-hmm. Because do not think, audience, that I am here saying I am such a great, da- I'm a good dad and I'm a good husband. Do not think that that means I am Mr. Self-Care and Mr. (laughs) Balance because that is not the case. I'm very available to Laura. I'm very available to wife, but I'm not available to myself. And I realize now that that is my version of martyring. I'm Mm -hmm. so wearing the hat of supportive parent and supportive husband Mm -hmm. that I'm not actually supporting myself. Mm -hmm. So that might be an area where like hopefully... Listeners can relate on a multitude of levels in that there's martyring where you're not allowing your partner or your kid to kind of grow for themselves. And there's also martyring where you're taking on so many things, you're not allowing yourself the space to breathe. Mm -hmm. Because why?
1: Yes, I just took a breath, I think, for the first time this whole episode because that resonated.
0: Why do we do that? I understand the control thing of not wanting to take the time to have your kid learn it or have your partner learn it. But why do we take it on so we don't have the time to take care of ourselves?
1: Because we never put ourselves first. I I think most people don't. I think most people, if you have children and you have a spouse you want to support and you have a full-time career, you think, yes, I'm important. Yes, I need to do this for myself. And then you just never put yourself at the top of the list to actually
0: do it. But then how can we, A, expect our kids to do it, Mm -hmm. and B, how can we ever stop the vicious cycle of all of us complaining about how overburdened we are? The only way to not be overburdened is to, A, ask for help, B, accept the help, and C, I guess there is a C, I guess C is actually taking some time for yourself to reset.
1: Yeah, I think you have to literally schedule it in. I know we have one friend who said on Saturdays, it's her day. She's got three sons and she runs her own business. And she said, Saturdays are my day to get my nails done and I leave the house and I get my nails done. I mean, and you know, that's, that's probably not, that's not even enough, right? But it's
0: something. It's something. I mean, we've talked a lot, a lot on this podcast about turning off your phones to be able to connect with your partner. We've talked a lot on this podcast about scheduling in a date night, you know, um, to be able to have intimate time right. with your partner, but we don't talk about scheduling time for yourself. Yeah. And if you are lucky enough to be, you know, single parents, I feel you. I mean, I yeah. don't personally, cause I don't, I'm so impressed by you, but like with single parents, like everyone needs a support network. So even right. if you don't have a partner or a co-parent, God, there's gotta be a way that you find someone that can help out. So you have some time to breathe, mm-hmm. but for those of us out there that do have partners, we have to start utilizing them to be able to say, I'm gonna take Tuesday nights for me. You take what whatever night you want. yeah you know yeah
1: I've noticed a few friends who I've seen who like one parent takes the kids out for an early breakfast Saturday mornings, like Saturday morning pancakes and then the other parent gets to sleep in in the nice quiet house. I think that's a really nice option that parents do for each other.
0: Because I remember that the point of this episode is empowerment. And so when we talk about it. So
1: that's not empowering. (laughs) Well, we've
0: moved, but we've moved to self-care now. But I do think that empowerment and self-care go hand in hand in that you have to empower your partner to take part in self-care.
1: Oh, and I just complained about empowering you.
0: Well, what do you think? Do you think there's truth to it?
1: Um, okay. So if we. Not
0: desire, but do you, do you believe that it's possible that is a piece of the puzzle.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we go back and we we think about your example with your dad and the bike, and you didn't feel like he empowered you to understand how to use it, right? You just fell off instead because he just sort of put you on it and said, go. Um, To some degree, then, it sounds like it would be really helpful, especially in the beginning stages of forming a new habit. If you're, say, trying to work on self-care and you're not someone who does self-care, it would be helpful for your partner to empower you, not do it for you, but to empower you to understand maybe just a handful, like, you know, weekly reminders say, Hey, did you schedule whatever does you want to go do? Did you find a way to make the time for that? I'm going to be handling childcare for this, this part of the day. This is not a problem. I got this kind of maybe just kind of like talking.
0: I'm thinking about this now and I'm thinking there are probably some people out there who are like, I drew a bath for my significant other and I put roses in it and I, t- and I set music so that they could take a bath. I don't know if that's empowerment because in some ways... Then the partner won't do that for themselves. They just expect that you will draw that bath and set it up for them and then they get to take a bath.
1: Yeah, and even down to the fact of the matter is your partner made the decision for you to take a bath. You didn't make that decision.
0: Yes, so maybe a huge part of empowerment is not just allowing the space, but nurturing an environment of safety. So it's like I'm giving you the day. To take care of yourself. You choose how you want to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you take those steps so you can replicate it in the future. Mm-hmm. If I set up everything for you, mm-hmm. how are you going to do it again? Every week am I going to no, set it up for you? No, they would just be free?
1: arguing about it forever.
0: Why would they be arguing about it?
1: Because someone would be like, I drew you a bath and you didn't even take the bath.
0: Yeah, I don't know that that's, <laughs> that. that's you. That's not every couple uh, in the world. Yeah, most don't people don't would tell
1: jump. me what to do. And
0: most people <laughs> would jump in the bath, wife. Uh, not like argue about it. But
1: if you ever bought me um, like a cake, that would be good self-care. Okay. I'm <laughs> grateful so, for that. Now we're getting very specific <laughs> into you.
0: But I think that at the end of the day, what I see and what I'm learning from this is that a lot of the empowerment, especially with our kids, but but also with our partners, needs to be about not only allowing the space. But creating a nurturing environment for them to feel safe to fail. Yes. And then try again. Yes. The same thing with our partners. Inviting them in, allowing them the space to fail and learn their own way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And show you something new because you learn from each other. It's not just about them repeating whatever it is you've been doing, but them saying, hey, I tried this and I liked it and I thought you might like it too.
0: And at the end of the day, as much as it might take longer... And I hear that argument that many people have made before. In the end, it will make your life better and easier because there will be less on your plate because you have now empowered your kid. and Your kid is putting on his shoes by himself, but it's one less thing you have to do before you leave the house. And your partner will be cooking with you in our scenario or will be covering half the meals Mm -hmm. or will be, you know, helping out in the home so that you don't have the opportunity to complain about that. And maybe we have to allow for that tough time and growth period right? in order to allow for our lives to get better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if I think about it and I think about like doing the same thing again and again and again and again for 20 years and not ever letting anybody else in, and which, you know, maybe I would do. Sounds really boring.
0: And maybe that's why so many couples grow resentful of each other because they repeat the same cycles and the same arguments but don't allow the space for either to grow and make the changes. Yeah. And change can be awkward and it takes time yeah. and it's not always easy yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. And we know that as parents so why wouldn't we treat our partners the same way? What do you think?
1: I think we can do it. I think it's something new to try and and it sounds really healthy.
0: So any of you at home... If any of these aspects connected with you or you saw any of yourself in either side of this story, take a moment to think about ways you can empower those around you in the home. And if you do feel overburdened, are you part of the problem possibly? Mm. Are you not allowing others to help you? And is the answer that if I do it myself, it's just easier, truly the best response for everyone involved? Time will do. It's
1: a really good question to ask.
0: Thank you for listening. <laughs> as many of you know, this podcast began as a labor of love from one parent with a desire to build the support network I so sorely lacked when I first entered the world of parenting. But the only way to continue to build that support network is with your help. So if you felt connected to any part of today's episode, please consider sharing it or writing a review. And as always, we invite you to join in on the conversation by visiting us on Instagram at DILF Podcast. Until next time. (laughs)